this week I wrote the message that I'm about to bring to you and just can continuously was interrupted with, with joyful tears. This message has, flows out of a place that's deep in my heart. We're talking about knowing God by heart this summer. And today, in particular, we're talking about the great goodness of God. John Piper said this, The greatest need of every believer is to know God better and enjoy Him more. The greatest need of every believer is to know God better and enjoy Him more than anything else they know and enjoy in the world. A professor of mine in the Moody Grad School, Dr. Bill Thrasher, said, Right living begins with right thinking, and right thinking begins with right thinking about God. So if we long to know God by heart, we want to know about God and what He's like. Moses longed to know God by heart. And he boldly pleaded with God. He said, God, show me your glory. Do you remember this? It's recorded in Exodus chapter 33. And God showed Moses' glory. And the scriptures say there, I will cause my goodness, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord, Yahweh, to you. So when Moses said, God, I want you to show me your glory, God said, okay, I'll show you my glory. And what did God show Moses? He showed him his wrath? No. Showed him his justice? No. These things are perfectly true about God. But what is it that God showed Moses when, he, when Moses said, show me your glory? It was his goodness. It was the goodness of God. So Moses saw the goodness of God. Great men and great women of God have great thoughts about God and do great exploits for God and have great boldness for God because their roots are deep in who God is. Stephen Charnock has written a book, a a classic on the existence and attributes of God and dedicates 150 pages of the text to the goodness of God. The Bible has a lot to say about the goodness of God. And today I want to give you uh, a message that comes from my heart. There will be seven really points about the goodness of God for you to see. And we'll encourage you especially to get your roots down in the Psalms, which talk about God. A good place to go when you want to know God by heart is the Psalms, and in particular, Psalm 34 and Psalm 145. So let's talk about the goodness of God. God is good even when you're not aware that there is a God or when you're not conscious that he's at work in your life. In Matthew chapter 5, this is the Sermon on the Mount, remember? And Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount about how to treat your enemies. And he says, you've heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. And then listen to what it says, what he says about his father in verse 45. Listen to this. That you may be the sons of your father in heaven... For he makes his sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain as a blessing on the just and the unjust. Now you ought to say amen right there. Because, you know, we've, both, we've all been in all those categories. God shows his goodness to people even when they're unaware. Or can I say it in a little bit more direct way? Even when they're ignorant or even arrogant in denying God. Or ignorant of God. And think about that just for a minute. People, the self-made man is not self-made. What if God takes his reason away? 
What if God takes your ability to work away? What if you can't walk or can't see or can't talk or can't hear tomorrow? What if you can't think clearly? What if your rationality is gone or your reason is gone? And those things that you know, our lives all hang by a thread and God sustains all of us. There's no such a thing as a self-made woman or a self-made man or a person that's independent of God. Who, who of us would be so arrogant and so foolish and so ignorant as to say, I can do this without you, God? Not a good idea. God is good even to people who ignore him. God is good even to people who are unaware of him. And God is good to you even when you're unaware of his goodness. God is good when life is hard. God is still good. When bad things happen. I've been, I've been saying this all summer to kids. When God, when bad things happen, God is doing something good. When bad things happen, God is doing something good. When circumstances are bad, God is still good and God is still doing something good. And this is something we have to learn. Nahum, the prophet, chapter 1, verse 7 says, The Lord is good and he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He's good even when life is bad. And it's important that we understand that. Now take your Bibles and look in Psalm 34 and verse 8. And let's just burrow into Psalm 34 a bit. Not a thorough teaching of Psalm 34. We have much ground to cover. But I want to refer to it so that you will get your roots down in Psalm 34. You maybe are a teenage young man and you have your whole life ahead of you and you're thinking about your life. One of the things I would do if I were you is I would get, maybe you have it on your uh, your phone or, or maybe you have a copy of the Bible that is especially nice to you. And I would, I would mark this passage and I would go back over and over again to this passage in Psalm 95 and just read them into your spirit. Listen to what, this is a Psalm of David and the circumstances are when he had had a very close call, a very near miss, almost lost his life and he had to use some kind of tricky, um, uh, tricky uh, behavior in order to get away from his enemies. But he did not credit himself for delivering himself that he credited God for delivering him. That's the setting of Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So far, when you're reading the psalm, it's obvious that David is talking about being in really dire straits and in a really bad situation. It is in a bad situation. Would you agree? And then he says, oh, taste and see, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is what? He's good. In a bad situation, David is saying, taste and see, grow into this. Realize as you get closer and closer to the Lord and you walk with him more and more, you'll see that God is good. You say, well, I don't have the stuff that I want. God is still good. You see, I have enemies. God is still good. See, I'm in danger. God is still good. Taste and see. Test it out. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Fear the Lord, O you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Listen. Listen carefully and think about this just for a minute. In your life right now, in what you're going through, in the way that you're living, it's essential that you remember that God is good. Especially when things are bad or things are hard or difficult. Alan Gardner was a missionary, and he went as a solo missionary to an island off South America. And there he laid down his life in the cause, and they came later and found his journal. And he literally was journaling his death as he was serving the Lord. 
And his very last entry, one of his entries was this, while God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. But he died there. And the last journal entry was written with a shaking hand. And here's what he wrote. I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. Last thing he wrote. And then he entered into eternal glory with God. Laid down his life. If you walk with the Lord and you utter His great goodness with your last breath and go home to God and be with God throughout eternity, Corey Ten Boom said this, Often I've heard people say, How good God is. We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic. And now look at how lovely the weather is. God is good. And Corey said, Yes, God is good when He sends good weather for the church picnic. But God was also good when he allowed my sister Betsy to starve to death before my eyes in a German concentration camp. On one occasion, I was so discouraged there and everything around us was dark and there was a great darkness growing in my heart. And I told my sister Betsy that I thought God had forsaken us, that God had forgotten us. No, Corey, Betsy said to me. He has not forgotten us. Remember what his word says in Psalm 103. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. Corey, he hasn't forgotten us. She goes on and says, there is an ocean of God's love available. There is plenty for everyone. She wrote a book by that name, Plenty for Everyone. And she said, may God grant you never to doubt his victorious love or his goodness, no matter what the circumstances are. Marshall Shelley and his wife, a few years ago, Susan Marshall and Susan had a baby, a little baby boy. But the baby lived for only two minutes and died. The nurse was holding the baby when he died. And she said, do you have a name for the boy? And Marshall didn't know what to say, but his wife was ready and immediately said, his name is Tobiah. We call him Toby. His name means God is good. God is good when life is hard. God is good when life is bad. God is, God is the one who makes great good come out of great evil. And if you don't believe that, remember the cross. God is good when life is hard. And God is good even when he withholds something from you. How many of you have everything you want right now? Raise your hand if you have everything you want. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's like, yeah, there are a few things you can, well, you know, I, they, they upgraded the phone and I got the 6, but I'm thinking the 6S might be better. Right? Or, or if we had a little bigger place, or a car that was less likely to break down, or, or clothes that weren't so tight. I could use shirts that were so tight in the neck. I don't know who bought these shirts anyway. Do we have everything we want? Well, we, we must remember that God is good when we're unaware that he's good and he's good when things are bad and he's good when he withholds something from us. And just think about the logic of that. Psalm 84 verses 10 and 11. For a day, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Listen to this. You know this phrase? You should memorize this. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You say, but I want a baby. When a baby is good for you, he will not withhold a baby from you. You say, but I need a raise. When a raise is good for you, he will not withhold it from you. All right? 
Any more than you wouldn't give a chainsaw to a five-year-old for his birthday, there are some things you just shouldn't have right now. He's good even when he withholds things from us. It's not really God that withholds good from us. It's sin that withholds good. Our sin in Jeremiah 5, 25 says, Your iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good from you. It's not God who withholds good from us. It's only our sin. When a house is good for you, God will give you a house. When a job is a good thing for you, God will give you a job. When a trial is a good thing for you, God will give you a trial. When an enemy is a good thing for you, God will give you an enemy. God is good even when you don't know it. God is good even when life is hard. God is good even when he withholds something from you. Don't forget it. God is good when others are bad. God is good when others mistreat us. If God is for us, finish it. Who can be against us? God is on your side. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. Young man, listen. See to it that in your life, you make one decision. You will be on God's side and God will be on your side. That's all that you need to do. That's all. If I was a young man again, I would do over again what I did when I was a young man. I'd get up every morning, I'd read the Proverbs, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I would obey the Proverbs. Young man, take your Bible, get up in the morning, read the Proverbs, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, as a born-again Christian, and fill the Holy Spirit, obey the wisdom of God. Walk with God. God's favor will be on your life. God's blessing will be on your life. The very things that destroy people's lives, the things that the Proverbs talk about for a young man, they, won't, they don't have to be a part of your life if you will walk with God. And you're a young lady and you have all your life ahead of you. You have all this wonderful wide world ahead of you. And God will go with you. And you should never go anywhere without him. And you should never go anywhere he doesn't want you to go. If you're a young woman, I will tell you the best way to live is the path of following Jesus Christ. You're a young couple and you're trying to decide how you're going to live and where you're going to live and what you're going to do. And how Follow God because he's always good. And he will bring good gifts repeatedly into your life. And he will withhold things from you that aren't good. And he'll time things up just right for you. You can trust him to give you what you need, when you need it. And even when people rise up against you and they're bad to you, God is stronger than our enemies. God is kinder than our friends. God is closer than a brother. And God is able to compensate for anything anybody can do to us. I've been in this long enough to see that no one can rise up against me if God is for me. And no one can rise up against you if God is for you. Here's what Spurgeon said. When others behave badly to us, we should only, this should only stir us up the more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord because He is good. And when we ourselves are conscious that we are far from being good, we should only the more reverently bless Him that He is good. We must never tolerate an instant's unbelief as to the goodness of the Lord. Let me repeat that. Spurgeon said, we must never tolerate an instant's unbelief as to the goodness of the Lord. Whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain that Jehovah is good. His dispensations may vary, but his nature is always the same. So even when you're unaware, God is good. Even when life is hard, God is good. Even when God withholds something, God is good. And when others are bad, God is good. Amen? Can I get a witness on that? When the future is unclear, he wants us to look at the past and see the goodness of God and how he's worked. Can you do that in your life? Think about those times when God provided what you needed. Think about those times when God sheltered you from some 
bad thing that was going to come in or he used some bad thing that did come in for good in your life. Look back in order to look forward. When the future is unclear, remember the past goodness of God. For this, we can look many places in the Bible and we will look at two places. Psalm 145. 145. Get your roots down. If you want to know God by heart and the goodness of God by heart, then especially the Psalms, and maybe in particular this Psalm 145, where it's, it's reaching the climax of the Psalms, of the Psalter, and you're in the last five chapters, and it just explodes, it bursts with praise. And, you're, you know, my, my first message here was, in this pulpit was, praise is the lifeblood of the soul. And it was from Psalm 145. Praise is the lifeblood of the soul. You say, I can't praise him. I live in a little apartment. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're a child of the living God. He loves you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to watch over you. You say, I can't praise him. I lost a loved one. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can praise him even when things are hard. You say, I'm underemployed. I have a mean boss. You can praise him. Praise the lifeblood of the soul. I will extol you, O God, my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. I will extol you, O God, my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and forever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. That's what righteous people do. They go back in the past and they go, let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you how good he's been to me. Let me tell you how good he'll be to you. I will utter the memory of your great goodness. That's what he said. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all of his works. All your works shall praise you, Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power and make known to the sons of men his mighty acts, the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your, your dominion endures throughout every generation, all generations. So this is the most important thing that you can do to know God by heart is to be convinced in the deepest part of your soul by getting your roots down the word that God is good. Even when life is hard and you're unaware and God withholds things and others are bad and the future is unclear, God is good. Look at the past. Look in the book of Deuteronomy. And by the way, you, you make a note of Psalm 145 and go back there over and over again. But I'm going to take you on a little jet tour through Deuteronomy. What's this book about? Now, this is the second, the, the word, the, the, the book means the second law or the second giving of the law or the reminder of God's law. And what's the occasion of the book? Well, God's people are poised to go in to the promised land and inherit the promises they're given, but they're going to have a very difficult time doing it because they're going to have to drive out pockets of resistance and they're going to face um, some pretty bloodthirsty, dangerous, bad people. And so he gathers the people there on the plane and he states the law again and he reminds them. The heart of this book is reminding and reminding and reminding. This is what we need to do to know God by heart and to face an un certain future, it's really important that we remind ourselves of what God has done in the past for our generations and for the generations before us. And that's what this is. I will show you this quickly. 
Look, we remember his deliverance. Chapter 5 and verse 15. This will be a bit dizzying. I remember you were, and remember you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Remember your deliverance. Deliverance, there's another name for deliverance. What's that? What's the other name for deliverance? Salvation. Deliverance. He's delivered you from your sin. So, you don't have a fancy car, but you have a home in heaven and you're not going to hell when you die. So, you've been delivered. That's good. Don't envy the wicked. Don't drive by the house of some person who doesn't know the Lord and want what they have. That would be a bad idea. Don't do that. Just want what you have. You have deliverance. You, I brought you out with an outstretched arm with a mighty hand. When was the last time you said thank you for that? And remember that he delivered you from your sin. There isn't anything he can't deliver you from. Chapter 8 and verse 2, he guided you. You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. How many of you could say, God has led me over 40 years? Raise your hand. God has led you, been on the path with God over 40 years. Yeah, me too. Over 40 years. I can, I can give testimony. He's guided me in amazing ways. When I was a kid, I would read biographies of great Christians and how God guided it. And I'm telling you, it's not bragging on me to tell you that. If I wrote down how God, isn't this true, Lush? If we wrote down how God guided us, it's the sweetest reading of any book I've ever read. This is our God who guides us so beautifully. And he will guide you too. He guides his people. That's, that's, that's part of his goodness. Look at verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and figs and fig trees and vines and pomegranates and a land of olive oil and honey. Uh, Bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you and don't forget the Lord your God, verses 10 and 11. Remember his deliverance and his... Remember his guidance in chapter 11, verse 2. Remember his protection... Know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known and who have not seen the chastening of the Lord your God, his greatness and his mighty hand, his outstretched arm. Verse 8, but your eyes have seen every great act of the Lord which he did. Get it? He says, these young people, they don't know it yet, but you do. You remember. You remember when you were delivered. Now, you, your job is to teach these young people what you've seen. You, you that are older, like I am, you know that God is good. You know that God guides. You know that God delivers. You know that God keeps his promises. You know that God is worthy to be followed. Am I right about that? Amen? Like, let's, let's get a little enthused about this right now. Let's let God know we're grateful for his goodness. Let's tell him how thankful that we are, that God has guided us and delivered us and protected us and provided for us. And he's a good and faithful God. And we praise his name and we will praise his name. And we'll trust him in the dark and in the light and in the night. And when we're sick and when we're not sick. Because this is who he is. We remember his great goodness. Chapter 32 of Deuteronomy. Chapter 32. This is, we remember his, that he keeps his promises. And he blesses us. Chapter 32. He blesses us. This would be in uh, verses 7 through 12 and many other passages. But remember verse 7. 32, 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father. He will show you. Your elders They will tell you. You say, I'm old. I can't do what I used to do. Can you tell young people how good God is? You know, when they're struggling through the things that young people struggle through, like, Chuck, you're not going to sleep for a few weeks, you know, and 
And I'm an old grandpa now, and, and I, when I see a young dad like you, and I think you didn't get to sleep, I don't feel bad for you. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't feel bad for you. I think it's okay, because you're going to bounce. You're going to be good. It's Amy mostly that's up anyway, right? And no, and uh, but was that's what it was with me. And I don't feel bad. I just like, man, I wouldn't mind doing that again. I wouldn't mind having my sleep interrupted by a little crying baby girl. I wouldn't mind that. Old people can talk like that. You know, you're going through the store, you're going, oh, it must be nice to have a little girl like that. You're like, I don't even know you. What's your name? Like, I'm a grandfather. I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> I, every time I see somebody with little kids wrestling little kids in the store, I go, I would love to wrestle a bunch of little kids. I'd love to have a van full of little kids again. What are you, Lois? <laughs> and she would. And she would. <laughs> The night before Hannah got married, she's in her bedroom and crying. What's wrong? She says, I just wish I could back up and do that over again. You remember that? That's what old people do. We say, God was good to us, and he'll be good to you. Young people, listen, he'll, he'll take care of you. You walk with him. You don't walk away from him. You don't stray from him. You, if you face an uncertain future, then look at the past. I can't preach because I can't see my notes, so I've got to make stuff up now. Just kidding. There's a guy up at Camp Barrickill. His name's Dave Johnson. He's real quiet. He's rides a mower around all the time. Dave Johnson. Every year I look up there. He's mowing, and I wave at him. He waves. He's got a big straw hat on, and he rides a mower around, and he tends to the grass up there at Camp Barrickill. Dave Johnson. He's been retired for years. He just goes up and he mows all the time. He lives there in the summer. He's like one of those peninsula people. He lives in the pleasant peninsula in the summer, and he flees to the other peninsula in the winter. And uh, he's mowing. And I, I don't talk to him very often. His dad, Uncle Johnny Holman Johnson, was the founder of Camp Barrichell. This summer I was speaking up there and they had a picnic. And I happened to be sitting across the picnic table from Dave Johnson. I had a protracted conversation with him like I'd never had before. I said, when you mow the lawn, it gives you a lot of time to think, doesn't it? He goes, yeah, it does. I go, what do you think about when you're mowing the lawn? He goes, oh, Ken, I just think about all the blessings that God has poured out on this place over the years. They just flood my heart all the time, all the good things that God has done, and all the, all the wonderful things that God has done. I just, I have a lot of memories. God is good. When the future is unclear, then just remember how good he's been in the past. And when you're tempted, this is so important. Genesis chapter 3, what happened in the fall when Eve was tempted and when Adam was tempted, they just believed a lie that there was something good for them other than what God had. And it's never any more complex than that. When you sin, you choose to do something. You choose to not believe that God is good. That's really all that it is. Uh, James 1, remember, uh, I think it's 17, 18, right? That all is in the context of temptation. And it says... The good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights, then there is no variation or shadow of turning. So if you're tempted, remember the goodness of God. Whenever you're tempted, this is not a good thing for me. Ask me this I do this for myself a lot of times. If I say those words, I'm always tempted, I'm a talker, right? So I'm tempted to say where's this gonna end? <laughs> where's this gonna go? Is this good or is this what's gonna happen? Is this bad? And, and so it is with every temptation, the goodness of God. I mean, I like hot dogs. How many of you like hot dogs? Raise your hand if you like hot dogs. Some of you are like, I'd like to have one right now. Thank you. Uh, you like hot dogs. How do you like them? I, I like them with uh, onions. That's what I'm talking about. Onions. 
And I like a little ketchup and mustard and relish and onions. The more I talk about it, the hungrier it makes me. Off the grill, outside, somehow when you eat them outside. You go to Tiger's game, they'll sell you one for $10. This is Tiger's game. Steve, how much are they down there? It's like five bucks? Four fifty. I knew you would know. And, uh, yeah, I like them with onions. So if you had a hot dog with ketchup and mustard and relish and onions and maybe a little cheese on that, all kinds of things that will kill you, make your heart stop working. Had a hot dog like that. How many of you think I'd be tempted with a hot dog like that? Raise your hand. Absolutely, I'd be tempted. Yeah. You think, is this a trick question? Of course it's a trick question. I'm a pastor. We do that kind of stuff. Now, that would only be a temptation if there was no brisket nearby. Now, if there was, if there was brisket, that te- that, the hot dog's like cardboard. It's like, I'd, I'd rather eat a pizza box than eat a hot dog if I have brisket here. You put some brisket there, and the hot dog is no temptation to me whatsoever. Right? God is just trying to say to you, are you kidding? Do you have any idea what I have for you that's good? And you seriously want to fool around with those things that are silly, ridiculous, that Satan is going to tempt you with a hot dog when Jesus has a banquet of brisket. Actually, it's probably broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and cabbage, but for the sake of my illustration, God is good when you're tempted and he's good when you haven't been good and when you've not resisted temptation. Psalm 86.5 says, You, Lord, are good, and you are ready to forgive. Aren't you glad that God is merciful? Right? Can, can, can I get one there? Everybody in the room should say, I'm glad God is merciful. Otherwise, you have a very dim future. Yeah. Psalm 25, David said, Remember not the sins. God, I thank you that you don't remember the sins of my youth. Yeah. How many of you would agree with that? Yeah. It, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness' sake, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. One of the greatest manifestations of God's goodness is His mercy. Wouldn't you agree? Isn't that beautiful about God? That He would give us mercy. And how did that happen? Through Christ and His death on Calvary for us, where He absorbed the wrath of God and bore God's wrath on our behalf. That He took our punishment that we deserve. And every one of us deserves to languish in hell forever away from the presence of God. And Jesus took our punishment. And when we believe, he, he grants to us forgiveness and eternal life. Lady got had a stroke. Because of the stroke, she couldn't speak clearly. Every night she sings to her grandson, Jesus loves me. Every single night. Her grandson was brought up to the hospital to visit her. And he said, sing, Jesus loves me, Grandma. And she tried, but she couldn't sing it because her face wouldn't, her mouth wouldn't work and she couldn't sing it. And the little grandson said, it's okay, Grandma. I'll sing it to you. And his little voice, he sang, Jesus loves me to his grandmother. No matter what end of life we're on, young or old, well or ill, we'll never escape the great goodness of God that he expressed through his son, Jesus Christ, who showed his love for us. There was a woman that was working with children, a little girl that came in through the door of the nursery, and she couldn't, she, never, she was traumatized. She didn't speak at all. And nothing would calm her down. A lady would, would, she was fussing all the time, but she wouldn't speak. The woman felt like God wanted her to show special love for this little, little girl. 
So she would bring her over and she would sit her on her lap and she would talk to her. Then she would sing her, Jesus loves me. And over again, over and over again, she would sing, Jesus loves me. I'll I'll tell you the story in her words. As months rolled on, I began to bond with this child that no one wanted. She and I worked very hard, taking one step forward and two steps back. Daily, we sat in the big rocking chair in my office, swinging back and forth and back and forth. And during the rocking time, I always sang, Jesus loves me. She always settled down and became very still when I sang, Jesus loves me. And though she never spoke, peace seemed to fill her face when she listened to me sing, Jesus loves me. And one day, after a long battle, I held my special girl again to calm her fears and pain. And in silence, we rocked back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then she looked up at me with tear-filled eyes. And for the first time, she spoke and she said, sing to me about the man who loves me. We're never going to get tired of singing about him. The ages of eternity are going to roll over and over and over again. And we will praise him for his mighty goodness that he sent his son Jesus, our Savior, to die for our sins. And he met our needs. He conquered our foes. There was a man once who suffered great loss in his life. He had a very difficult marriage. He had a son that rebelled. And eventually this great rebellion of his son ended in a terrible and a violent death. He had shameful things that happened in his family, and he did shameful things. He had a child that died in infancy. He was a man with many heartaches, many enemies, many struggles, many burdens, many responsibilities. He had made humiliating mistakes that cost other people very, very dearly. And when he reached the end of his life, he wrote a famous poem, one of the most famous poems in the history of the world. And here is a line from that poem. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It was David whose poem is called the 23rd Psalm. He wrote another poem. It was the first poem I ever memorized as a child. It reaches a great climax of affirmation of the eternal goodness of God at the end. Stand up and say this poem with me. Would you stand up and say this poem with me and mean it from your heart? Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Say it with me. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. Say it again. For the Lord is good. One more time. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Does something good for your soul, doesn't it? Don't ever doubt the goodness of the Lord. We're going to sing. And and what we sing this song, we're going to repeat a song we sang earlier. And what I want to do is something special today. And I want to invite you. Many of you would love to give. Some of you are shy, and that's okay. God knows your heart. But others of you, maybe more expressive ones, would like to give expression that you want to acknowledge that God has been good to you. I want to invite you to come forward today. Kneel down. We have all the front pews, almost all of them opened up. You can kneel at a front pew. You can kneel here. And just say to God, God, I acknowledge you've been good to me. I love you. I'll walk with you. You've been good to me. And you might want to do You don't have to do that. You can tell him he'll hear you if you're driving your truck. But some of you might want to come forward while we sing. And just kneel down here and say to God, God, you've been good to me. I acknowledge it publicly that you've been good to me. And those of you who don't know Christ and you're not following Christ now, don't kneel down there. Shake my hand. I'll take that as a token that you need counsel about how to be saved. Got a, an email from a friend named Kent, a fellow named Kent Kessler this week. 
He's got a PhD in um, Christian education. He's published author, doctorate. First time I ever met him, I was a kid at camp. He, he reminded me of this this week. He wrote me in a letter. He says, do you remember me? I was at camp and many, many, many years ago. I was a boy, and he was a boy. And he went forward, and I was a counselor. And he was at the altar, and he was praying at the altar. And uh, I, I felt like he needed somebody to give him counsel. So I went up beside him, and I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord at the altar. He came forward in that meeting, and he became a follower of Jesus. And today, he's, he's still walking with the Lord. And maybe there's somebody here today, and you need to follow him. Come take my hand, and we'll show you how to become a follower of Jesus. While we sing, you feel free to come forward and kneel and pray. Thank God for his great goodness while we sing this song.